0: New University of Toronto Research found some coffee drinkers may need to start putting up uh, boundaries when it comes to the caffeine that they consume. Perhaps rethink how much they are consuming uh, or they face an increased risk of kidney uh, dysfunction. Now the study which was published in January said about half of the population has a genetic variant that means their body is slow at metabolizing caffeine. Uh, the lead author of that study is uh, Dr. Sarah Madavi. She's a clinical scientist at the University of Toronto's Faculty of Medicine. And as I said, she's the lead author of that study. Dr. Madavi, thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me on your show. W- was the, Were the findings surprising to you? Um, you know what?
1: Uh, I had obviously some suspicions uh which is part of the reason why what led me to want to study this but um the the actual outcome was um really remarkable uh and in that uh we followed these individuals for over 16 years and to see those um really clear uh, differences uh, between the two groups um, was, you know, not surprising, but just remarkable to actually to, to witness.
0: Mm-hmm. So at its core, the study tells us that uh, people who drink more than three, cup, three cups of coffee a day, and I guess are slow at metabolizing that coffee, they're at the risk of kidney dysfunction?
1: Correct. Yeah, that's correct.
0: How did you go about doing this study?
1: Um, so, uh, you know, to just give you a little bit of a background, um, I have worked with the um, kidney disease population for quite some time, mm-hmm. um, and I had heard of uh, uh, this marker uh, and its uh, outcomes that were uh, measured um, in risks of heart attack. So uh, there was a previous study that had showed uh, those individuals who were um, high consum- consumers. are coffee um, that were uh, divided by according to genotype um, and as well as these uh, high consumption of coffee uh, there was a a clear difference in the risk of heart attacks so those people who were the slow metabolizers were almost four times more likely to uh, have a heart attack when they were consuming large amounts of coffee so uh, and then there was also research that was showing uh, there is a risk of um, hypertension, so high blood pressure, uh, in those individuals who are slow metabolizers.
0: Um,
1: and I just generally find coffee a very interesting um, topic to to research uh, and, and and learn about because it's it's a very uh, common and frequent exposure. When we think about environmental exposures, um, you know uh, there isn't very many single foods that a lot of people consume. Uh, in such large quantities, um, with the exception of coffee. So, uh, you know, when people get passionate about it. You know, it's a ritual. Uh, There's so much that goes around it. So, so it's a very interesting beverage to study. Mm-hmm. And um, those were things that um, sort of led me to 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 think about this. And otherwise, uh, you know, there is a lot of conflicting research about um, risk of coffee and kidney disease. Um, and um, so, I just had a bit of a hunch that. Uh, part of the reason a lot of times where there's inconsistency in medicine and science uh, simply is because the populations that are being studied are genetically different. Um, and so that was my suspicion with it.
0: Is it hard to guess whether somebody has this coffee gene?
1: Yes, there's actually no real way to guess um, if you have this, um, uh, what we should call the coffee detoxifying gene because the uh, the gene is expressed in the enzyme that cleans our blood uh, is in the liver. And there is no way to feel or sense um, how, how well it's, it's performing or functioning. Uh, now, a lot of times I talk about this topic and obviously throughout the years as I've talked about my research, um, you know, people right away say, oh, you know what? I know I'm a slow metabolizer because if I drink coffee after, you know, 2 p.m., I can't go to bed. Yeah, uh, Or people will say, you know, I know I'm a fast metabolizer because I can have 10 cups of coffee a day and it doesn't affect me. I can take a nap right after. So um, that is actually a different genotype. So the, the sensation of the effects, the neurological outcomes, which is the anxiety, the jitteriness, the lack of sleep um, or the sense of alertness, uh, those, uh, uh, you know, neuro and psychological effects of caffeine. Uh, uh, are, are, are on a different uh, genotype, which is expressed in our mostly in our brain. Uh, And that gene is called the Adora gene. Uh, That is different than what happens in our liver, which is this uh, CYP182 gene. Um, And people can have any combination. So they could be a slow metabolizer but really desensitized to coffee, which is really the worst combination, meaning that, you know, you can drink 10 cups of coffee and not feel it from a neurological perspective. Uh, But your liver is really struggling to get rid of that caffeine buildup in your body. And, you know, so then that puts you at risk. But uh, I guess the flip side of it is that if you have that biological feedback in your brain because you sense and you're sensitive to coffee and your liver can get rid of it quickly, then those are uh, some lucky cards you've been (laughs) handed down from your parents. Um, But, yeah, so it could be... um, you know, a combination of things. But ultimately, just to answer your question, with regards to the toxicity effect of caffeine, there is no way for us to feel or sense uh, what our bodies are doing.
0: So if someone says, look, I can have a coffee at 5 in the afternoon and I can still sleep very well, so I must be okay, that doesn't necessarily mean you may not have that gene.
1: No, no, there's no way to tell because, yeah, exactly, because... um, different different, different setups and I, and I use a, a, a fun example because myself and my best friend are completely the opposite uh, so I'm sensitive to caffeine um, so if I have two cups of coffee I can certainly feel it very strongly but my liver is very efficient in getting rid of the caffeine so I'm a fast metabolizer when it comes to do- detoxification but I'm sensitive to the effect, the neurological effect and my best friend is the opposite she can drink ten cups of coffee go to bed, but her liver um, is really quite um, diminished in its ability to be able to uh, excrete that caffeine effectively. And just to give you an example of, you know, comparative, mm-hmm. so for people who are slow metabolizers, you know, it's a ratio of one to four. So, um, you know, one cup of coffee, coffee for me would be equivalent to four cups of coffee, um for somebody who's a slow
0: metabolizer so Uh that's how the difference is yeah uh so based on your study and people listening to you right now what should people do is it the old uh, adage of just uh you know uh there should be balance in your life don't drink too much and if you want to have a cup of coffee definitely have one uh you have to balance all that out listening to you today what 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 kind of advice would you give people in regards to caffeine intake and coffee intake
1: yeah, certainly. And and I think you bring up a really good point. So, um, you know, coffee is not the same as caffeine, even though uh, coffee is, uh, you know, the largest contributor to caffeine for most people. Um, they're not synonymous. Coffee is actually quite a complex beverage with um, uh, quite a number of health protective um, uh, compounds in it, like plant phytochemicals that we call. Um, so it's not that coffee is bad. It's the caffeine component that is, um, you know, potentially toxic to our bodies after a certain limit. So what I advise people, uh, you know, you're correct, Uh, you know, moderation, quote unquote, uh, could be uh, a way to go. But I think that term, uh, part of the issue with that term uh, for me is that people's definition of moderation is different from each other. So it's not really a good standard to go by. And, you know, being a scientist, I like to measure things. So, uh, you know, we talk about measuring coffee and caffeine in our study, more than three cups, um, but this study was done uh, in Italy where, uh, you know, the, the participants were consuming espresso shots, and typically espresso shots um, would be equivalent to a very small cup of coffee's uh, caffeine content, which is about 100 milligrams, uh, but if we say coffee in moderation in Canada or in the U.S., uh, and, you know, people are kind of getting a venti cup at um right, at Starbucks or, you know, a medium cup or a large cup at uh, Tim Hortons, they already would be getting um, 300 milligrams or more of caffeine in that one cup. Um, so, you know, yes, moderation is good if uh, we understand the amounts. Uh, another option is to, um, you know, still enjoy the beverage, but use decaffeinated coffee. And um, that should be, that should be
0: fine as well. That may be the best way to go for someone like myself who does like his coffee and but does have to be a little careful. <laughs> Dr. Madhavi, thank you yes. so much for your time. Really enjoyed our conversation.
1: My pleasure. My pleasure.